You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are towards the end of our series entitled Redefined. We are on week 12. Uh, last week, we talked about God and possession. How many of you remember the message last week? Uh, we've asked basically the questions, where is your heart? Uh, how's your vision? What do you see? What do you focus on your eyes? And then we also talked about uh, who are you serving? Remember that? You know, we talked about for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And today we're going to be looking at a continuation of where Jesus left off as he was teaching uh, his disciples. Basically, this whole series on Redefined is a journey uh, with the Sermon on the Mount. We've been going through the uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the book of Matthew. And Jesus basically was introducing the kingdom of God, himself as the king, and what our role is as citizens of that kingdom. And he talked about blessedness. He talked about us, you know, he more concerned about our heart. And then now we're focusing on this section of the Sermon on the Mount on our relationship with God. Now let me just ask you this question. We're going to be looking at this particular topic this afternoon. I believe that all of us are probably affected by this topic. Not one exempted. Okay, how many of you sometimes feel worried about things? Please raise your hand. And you are a human being just like me, okay? You know, especially when you have certain uncertainties in life. Uh, how many of you have worried about finances? Don't even raise your hand anymore, okay? Maybe you're worried about your, your job, your career. Tomorrow, you remember, it's going to be a Monday tomorrow, and I have deadlines, and there's going to be some bills to pay. There's going to be some uh, check deposits that I need to, to fill in. How many of you are suddenly now just remembering uh, your obligations, okay? Now, Jesus is telling us, on the contrary, not to worry. But yet, despite the reminder of, and the command of God, yet we face this every single day. In fact, this morning when I woke up, I was sharing the morning congregation, I woke up and I was thinking about the message this morning and I was asking myself, did I prepare enough? Was it enough already? I'm, I'm kind of worrying about the message on worry. Can you imagine that? There's a problem if your pastor is worrying about his message on the topic of worry, right? And so we face that every single day. And so Jesus took the time to explain this to his disciples. We worry about our children. Sometimes we worry about our future. Single people, sometimes you worry or many times you worry about your relationships. Meron ba talaga, Lord? You know, we worry about that. You know, I'm gonna, am I going to find Mr. or Miss Right? Don't worry about that. Amen. Jesus was a single when he went to the cross. He died and he was raised from the dead and he was still single. So don't worry about that. God will resurrect your dreams. Amen. So whether you're a single, a, a married individual here, or maybe you're a student, you're worrying about your grades. You're worrying about this big exam that you're about to face next week. Guess what? If you have not studied, go and worry okay, about it. No, just kidding. Go and study instead of us worrying because, you know, I... I I realize that worrying is actually us trying to do something and we're not getting anywhere. It's kind of like you hopping on a treadmill and you're running as fast as you can and you're not going anywhere. That is what worry is all about. You're busy thinking about what if, what if, what if, or what could have been versus, Lord, I'm just going to let it go and I'm just going to put my trust in you. Are we here this afternoon? And so my prayer 
as we are going through this topic and through this series, basically, that we will actually have a renewed perspective and mindset. That we will see it from the perspective of God. He cares for us. And He knows exactly what you and I are going through. He knows your situation with your health. He knows what you're going through. He knows, you know, your, your checkup. He knows the result of your lab test. He knows the situation of your children. He knows your situation with your wife or your husband and your marriage. There's nothing to worry about that. How do we respond with all these things that we are facing every single day? And so this is exactly what we want to answer as we go ahead and read this text in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. If you have your Bibles, would you kindly open to the book of Matthew chapter 5? Uh, we're reading from the... Uh, ESV version. All right, let's begin from verse 25. Therefore, everybody say, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you? Of little faith. Therefore, everybody say, therefore, once again, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Let's read this verse 33 all together out loud. Ready? One, two, three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Let's continue. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would bless the preaching of your word. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would encourage your people and burden us from the things that we face every single day. Thank you because you are such an amazing and a benevolent and a good God. You are our Heavenly Father who richly provides for us, your children. And once again, we let go and allow you to be in charge of everything that we go through in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we are looking at 10 verses of this particular passage. And you probably noticed that as we are reading this verse, that there are some recurring words basically that explains what the theme is. And that's how you read the Bible. For those of us who are new in reading the Bible, basically you read the Bible by asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what does this mean? What are you saying to me as an individual or as a person uh, in my daily application? And, you know, as a pastor, what are you saying to us as a church? And if you notice that in the Bible, even back in the days of, of Jesus, there's no Microsoft Word. You don't see any big fonts, any bold letter, any italics, any highlights. There's nothing of that. But the way they emphasize as, you know, something or a theme or a topic is by repetition. And so we notice that in reading the 10 verses, we notice that there are six 
anxious. This word anxious always comes up. The theme of anxiety, the theme of worry always comes up. Three times Jesus commanded the disciples, do not be anxious. It's actually a command. In fact, when you, you know, look at the meaning of anxious or worry, you know, from Latin, it's actually anxious. That's how it's spelled. And it means to choke, to strangle, or torment. How many of you know that is so true? When you, when you worry, you feel like being choked. You feel like you're being strangled. You're be, you feel like you're being tormented. You think about situations or, you know, scenarios of what could have been or what could be. You know, if, if this happens, then this could be the outcome. You know, so you're playing it up in your mind and you're being strangled and you're being choked. You're being tormented of something. And they say that many times, 90% of the things that we worry about don't even happen to us. And how many of you would agree with me on that? How many of you have worried something in the past and that worry did not even happen? We just worried about it. I'm worried about worrying. You know, it's a, it's a habit. It's an emotional thing. We, we got into that particular habit of just worrying and about thinking. Worrying is different from being concerned. It's different from planning. Planning, both worry and planning deal with the future. Right? How many of you are familiar with strategic planning or planning? You know, you have day timers and you have calendars. How many of you have calendars? Okay. How many of you don't have calendars? And it doesn't matter what happens in the day. I don't worry about it. You know, some of us don't even use calendars. That's why we worry all the more, right? But those of us who have calendars, for example, putting your schedule in your calendar does not mean that you're worrying about the future. It's just knowing what is to come. Now, if that thing happens, praise God, according to plan. If it didn't happen, then it's okay. Worrying is actually putting on yourself a burden of something that is not even there yet. Worry comes from a Greek word which also means to divide or to draw in different directions. That's why you see people who are worrying and they're so unfocused. They don't have focus on what they're doing because they're divided. Their attention span is divided. You know, they're trying to focus here, but they're worrying about the future and tomorrow. And so they're looking at, you know, what happens to my school? What happens to my, you know, children? What happens to my relationship? What happens to my job? You know, will God provide? Will I have, you know, uh, things, you know, at the end of the month and so on and so forth? In fact, contemporary synonyms of anxiety can be familiar with us. Anxiety you'll find in the regular dictionary Define as worry, fear, nervousness, concern, fretfulness, apprehension, unease, botheration. Wow. First time I heard of that, botheration. Are you botherated? You know, you know I, 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 first time I heard that word, okay, botheration. How many of you can relate with anxiety? How many of you actually, this is such a, wow, it's a normal word. We face this every day. Some of you have this right now. Just riding that elevator, will this reach the 16th floor? I'm having a panic attack right now. You know, we're so full in the elevator, you know, later on you're going to go down there. But yet, the Lord will hold that elevator. Praise God. The opposite of anxiety and worry is assurance, calmness. Everybody say, composure contentment. 
ease, happiness, nonchalance, peace, and tranquility. People are praying for peace. We're searching for peace. Peace has become an overused word nowadays. Even in beauty pageants, world peace has always been like a regular answer. You know, what, what is peace? Peace, a definition of peace is nothing missing, nothing broken. But yet, it actually covers even more than that. It covers your relationship with God, being reconciled with Him, that's peace. It's being prosperous, that's peace. It's actually having a, a good mind, body, and spirit, that's peace. It's actually, you know, having confidence in God, He will take care of your needs, that is peace. And we need that. I believe the opposite of worry, more than just courage, is actually having the peace of God. That's why Jesus took the time to explain what this means to His disciples. And He started off by saying, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. In the NIV, I think it says, do not worry. Therefore. Now, whenever you would see this word, therefore, it means that it's a connecting word. There's something that came before this statement. That's why every time you read the Bible, you have to find out what is therefore, therefore. And so we go back to the previous verse in verse 24 and find out why did Jesus say, do not be anxious? Because it's connected to this verse. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the others. It talks about devotion. It talks about who is your master. It talks about who do you trust. It talks about who are we serving. And then he ended, you cannot serve God and money. You know, many times the things that we worry about deals with finances and possession. It's actually in that ballpark, in that area. But yet when you look at the source of worry, I realize that worry is connected to devotion. And your level of anxiety is determined by the level of your devotion to that thing. If you are devoted to something, maybe you're afraid to lose that thing. That's why we worry. Isn't it? Or if I may rephrase it, the thing that you worry about the most is the thing that you are most devoted to. We are devoted to the people around us, particularly our families. And I'm devoted to my family, my wife. Example, when she needs to go somewhere and I'm, for example, in the fort, I sometimes worry, if I may use that word, how she will go from point A to point B? Will I go back and pick her up? Will she be able to handle Uber? Will she be able to find a grab cab? I think about that. Why? It's because I'm devoted to her. But the reality is if you tell me, you know, Pastor, I worry about my kids' grades. Guess what? You are devoted to your children. But I am not worried a bit about your kids' grades. You know why? Because they're not my children. Are you getting it? You're attached to them and, you know, I hope that they get good grades. I hope that they pass UPCAT or, you know, whatever. They're going to college 
And we're going to stand with you. We're going to pray with you. But at the end of the day, when I go back home and I sit in my living room, I will not go and worry about, Kamusta na kaya yung, yung grades ni Pastor Marcos? You know, you, you know or whatever. Okay? I'm not going to worry about somebody's children's grades. But you worry about them because you're devoted to them. Each one has its own trouble. Amen. You actually have to choose one. It's either God or mammon. Possession. This somehow is linked up to this verse again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You know, as I was uh, going through uh, some research, I was wondering, you know, what do people more worry about the most? And so I went through the web, of course, thanks to Google. And so I found out that in America, the biggest cause of stress or worry today is still money. Money continues to be the leading cause of stress for Americans. If you take a survey, you know, it's still that. I, mean, I think about maybe 80% would answer money is the source of stress. The lack of it or too much of it, isn't it? I worry if I lack money because I worry because I might not have enough. I worry if I have too much money because I worry because it might be stolen from me. Or I might put it in the wrong investment. Or I may actually just splurge it. People worry about these things. People worry about, in fact, some people are more afraid of the end of the month than the end of the world. <laughs> because they feel like, wala nang pera, meron pang, you know, there's still, uh, you know, base left and there's no more money. But what about Filipinos? You know, I was, I was searching the internet just yesterday. Somebody wrote in the Filipino Times just yesterday, Saturday, September 16, 2017. This is so updated. I wonder if the editor is attending a victory because we're, she, he or she probably knows that we're talking about worry this today, okay? So he took a survey and he found out that Filipinos most worry about the threats of natural disasters. They worry about typhoons. They worry about you know, storm surges. They worry about earthquakes. They worry about the big one. People are just fidgety. You know, just a slow shake. And it's actually your daughter singing loud and, you know, just dancing in the other room and you think it's the big one. We're scared. Cybersecurity is the second one that they fear about. If a glitch happened in Comelec, you know, if some, somebody hacked in the Comelec, then, you know, how safe are we now? A couple of months ago, something happened to the BPI accounts. You know, some people actually lost some money for about a day or two. You know, some people who did not withdraw basically showed up there that they withdrew, I don't know, 50000 200000 They lost some money and people worried about that and they're panicking. And they reversed it. They said it's a glitch. And there's no hacker in the system. Praise God. But where do you put your security? If these things happen, are we supposed to be worried about that thing? Or do we let God, Lord, you will provide, you will be the one to take care of my needs, you will be the one to protect my property, my assets. The other things that Filipinos worry about are paying debts, personal safety, and believe it or not, online shopping. They worry about Lazada. I, I, I don't know why. It says online shopping is one of those. 
They worry if their delivery will come on time. Come on now. So we put our faith in our good God. Amen. Ultimately, how do we counter worry? I mean, how do we, Lord, how do we address this thing? First is, how many of you believe that we have a good God? Then we have to put our faith in our great God. Amen. Because no matter how you believe, if there's a great God and a good God, if you don't put your faith in Him, you're still going to walk in a path of worry and a path of anxiety. You've got to learn how to transfer your devotion from these things to the one who cares for you. And so Jesus commanded the disciples. He didn't just give us a suggestion. It was a command. Therefore, do not be anxious. He didn't say, therefore, if you feel like doing it, Try to stop worrying. You know, he didn't say that. But what he said was just so plain and simple. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. I mean, how many of us have worried about our bodies? How many of us have worried about health? Okay, especially if you're in the middle age beyond middle age and you don't just drink vitamins anymore you add more than vitamins you call it maintenance okay and so you look at these things and then you look at yourself and you face the mirror and you started to feel worried about the way you look 30 40 50 30 40 50 you know you suddenly see wrinkles there your Annual physical exam is just way up the charts. And we worry about our body. We worry about food. We worry about clothing. We worry about what we will eat or drink. Sometimes we equate life with stuff. The reason why we're worried is because we think that if we don't have stuff, then we don't have a good life. But how many of you know that life is not about riches and life is not about possessions? Amen. Amen. Jesus, in another, trans, uh, in another text, in Luke chapter 12, He said, Take care and be on your guard against all kinds of greed and covetousness because life does not consist in the abundance of one's riches and possession. Life is not equal to stuff. Life is found only in God alone. Amen. Stuff is just icing on the cake. We don't live for stuff. God provides the stuff so that we can do our purpose here on earth. Our purpose is not to accumulate stuff. Stuff, possessions, money, finance is only a means to an end. It is not the end for all means. And then you do everything you can. You step on people. You become ambitious. You become prideful in order for you to just gain stuff. Because sometimes the stuff becomes the end. But in reality, Jesus is reminding us, no, that's not the end. It's only a means to a higher end. That's why I do not worry about life. What did Jesus now suggest to the disciples as he was talking about this? Then he said that he actually just shifted Look at the birds of the air. Wow. You know, you're talking about, you know, business. You're talking about 
employment, you're talking about uh, you know, body, you're talking about health, you're talking about my kids, I'm talking about my wife, I'm talking about my family, I'm talking about my future. And then Jesus, if he's preaching right here, he's still going to tell us, look at the birds. Have you looked at the birds lately? Why would Jesus say, look at the birds? Are we to act like birds? He's trying to make a point. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Have you ever seen a malnourished bird? And then he just dropped from heaven, you know, fell there right in front of you, dead because of malnourishment. I have not seen a bird that's malnourished. Most of the birds I see just get food whenever they want. You know, when we went to uh, Sydney to minister there last year, we were in the Sydney Harbor, and I took a picture of the birds right there in front of the harbor, and this is how they look like. You know, I was wondering, who told you to line up in a straight pattern, almost like somebody is arranging them as if they are in a platoon? But yet, instinctively, they are just there, perched on that wall, waiting for people. This is right in front of a cafe. Waiting for people to leave their bread or their food. And once people pay the bills and leave, guess where the birds are? They are on the tables. They're actually on the plates. They will not be hungry. Amen. Their heavenly Father loves them so much and their heavenly Father will feed them. Amen. Come on now. How much more us? You are more valuable than a Maya bird. Look at these two birds beside this lady. She's probably waiting for her husband and they're just there waiting for her order to come and they knew for a fact that they will have lunch that day. They neither sow nor reap nor put into barns. What am I saying? Am I saying, just be fatalistic. Don't plan anymore. Don't work anymore. Just be like a bird. You're free as a bird. You know, just go around Alabang and just wait for people eating there in the restaurant. Ah, alis din yan. I'm not telling us to be beggars. In fact, I believe in sowing and reaping. This is kingdom principle. You sow, what you sow is what you reap. The more you sow, the more you reap. The lesser you sow, the lesser you reap, right? You know, we believe in savings. We believe in getting into barns. He who gathers money little by little makes it grow. It's a scriptural principle. Work is a scriptural principle. Be diligent in your work because it brings prosperity. Then what's the point of Jesus when he said, look at the birds. He's not talking about what they're doing, but you know, the birds are so carefree. One day, you'll see them flying up north. If they, you know, if they feel it's too cold, they all fly south. Instinctively, they knew that you know, their Heavenly Father will protect them. And many of us are so scared and so concerned or so anxious or worried about our children. You know, will, they be, you know, will they be making it you know, in the future? You know, if, you, if your children, for example, if they're aged, what, six, five, uh, seven years old, and they go out biking, what do you do? You put helmets, you put all the paddings, you know, you know make sure that they're covered. And you know, they could not even pedal anymore because of our worry and our concern. anak. You might get into an accident. But what about the bird? The bird just goes out there and pushes his, uh, you know, little birds fly, you go. 
They're not concerned about anything because their Heavenly Father loves them. Do you think a bird is more valuable than us? We are more valuable than a bird. If our Heavenly Father takes care of His birds, why not take care of us? The question is not our identity in God. We know that we are children of God. The question is not, who am I? But the right question is, whose I am? Whose child are you? Anyway, if I may rephrase that, who's your daddy? Who's our father? God is our father. Amen. And we have a good heavenly father. Can we just give the Lord a hand for that? That's why I know that we have so many concerns, so many situations in our life face this, sometimes multiple worries and anxiety, but the moment that we just realize if God will take care of the birds. Next time you worry, here's my advice. Go out there and find yourself a bird. Don't buy a dog, buy a bird. And watch. They're carefree. They don't worry. They don't, they're not anxious. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of... Have you ever added a, an hour to your life? Can't. We only have 24 hours a day, right? Only Gouda has 25 hours a day. I don't know if you know that Gouda, okay? You know, John Newton, the one who wrote Amazing Grace, said this, and I quote, I compare... Sorry if you can't read it. I compare the troubles which we have to undergo in the course of the year to a great bundle of sticks, far too large for us to lift. But God does not require us to carry the whole bundle at once. He mercifully unties the bundle and gives us first one stick, which we are to carry today, and then another, which we are to carry tomorrow, and so on. This we might easily manage if we would only take the burden appointed for us each day. But we choose to increase our troubles by carrying yesterday's stick over again today and adding tomorrow's burden to our load before we are required to bear it. Just carry your stick for today. Amen. Come on now. And once you wake up tomorrow morning, leave the Sunday stick behind and carry the Monday stick for that day. In other words, if I may borrow the wise words from two good friends, Timon and Pumba, they said, Hakuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest of your days. And I was, I was looking at this, what does this mean? Actually, Hakuna Matata came from a Swahili phrase from Kenya. And it basically means Translated, no worries. We have a loving father who values his children. Amen. Amen. The reason why we can face tomorrow confidently is because we know that our heavenly father will take care of us. Jesus used another metaphor aside from the birds. He now started, you know, if you love flowers, he used a flower illustration. And why are you anxious about clothing? How many of you ladies, or not even ladies, even men, you know, you're so conscious about what you will wear, what brand of clothing you have, right? 
Ano ba yan? Zara ba yan? H&M? Ano yan? Blowing bubbles ba yan? Ano ba yan? Or, uh, or uh, SM, newsmakers? Or, you know, what's the brand that you carry, okay? Forever 21? Is that Uniqlo? Couldn't care less? The lilies in the field didn't have brands. Consider lilies in the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, the richest king who ever lived, was not arrayed like any one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is burned into the oven or fire, will He not much clothe you, you of ill faith? In fact, many times, the issue of anxiety and worry is really an issue of faith. Who do we trust? Do we trust in our own possession? Or do we trust in the God that we serve? You know, have you ever seen nice flowers, you know, arranged in beautiful colors? I mean, God was the one who made that. It was not man-made. You know, many manufacturers are producing synthetic flowers, but they can never replicate the real one. It's our Heavenly Father who forms each one with His artistry. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? There's really nothing to worry about. Test this tomorrow. When you wake up tomorrow morning, and when the devil would whisper to your ears and remind you, deadline, money, cheque, kids, wife, relationship, your health, your high blood pressure, your, your sugar level, your, you know, if the devil would try to whisper to you all these things for you to carry too much of a load. Just tell that devil, my heavenly father loves me. He loves the birds. He loves the lilies of the field. I'm not going to worry about this thing. Amen. Let's just pass it on to God. We're valued by God. It's a value system. And I believe that this is connected to what he preached about, or what he told them, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Guess what? We are more valuable than the birds. Who is God's treasure? You and I are the treasure of God. And where His treasure is, that's us, there His heart will also be. God's heart is with us. Amen? God's heart is towards us. His heart beats for us. He'll take care of the birds. He'll take care of the ladies. What more us? How do we counter fear? First, we have to realize that we have a good father to transfer our devotion to Him. We put Him first in our life, and guess what? The rest will follow us. He is first. It's an issue of faith or trust. It's us remembering that we have a good Heavenly Father, and we've got to put Him first in our life. And the rest will follow. And Jesus said, The Gentiles seek after all these things, but yet your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. On one hand, you see Gentiles and pagans seeking after wealth and riches and possessions and money. These people don't know who God is. Their main concern is to pursue riches. They seek after all these things. But yet, what did Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. As children of God, as citizens of the kingdom, as sons and daughters of the king, we are to seek the kingdom and the king and the things 
that the Gentiles were seeking will follow us. Amen. We don't search and seek and pursue those things. Let those things seek and pursue us as we seek God and as we seek His kingdom. Come on now. That is how we counter worry. It's an issue of pursuit. Who are we pursuing every day? Are we pursuing careers, relationships, wealth, money, riches, possession? The Gentiles and the pagans seek after those. But yet, Jesus is saying, transfer your devotion back to the king. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to us as well. It's an issue of devotion. He will either be devoted to the one and despise the other. Who are we devoted to? Are we devoted to stuff? Are we devoted to God? That's why Jesus took the time to explain the Lord's Prayer. A portion there, he said, May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that ought to be our prayer every single day. In my career, God, I will not worry. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In my relationships, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. With my children who are failing in their grades, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. With my relationship, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. With my health, may your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just add on, fill in the blanks. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ought to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the things that we worried about will be added unto us even if we don't pursue them anymore. That's just icing on the cake. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Once again, when you see the word therefore, you have to find out what therefore is. Therefore. What did we just talk about? Because our Heavenly Father loves us. He'll take care of the birds. He actually clothes the lilies of the field. He actually will provide as we seek first the kingdom of God. Therefore, if we have all these truths, therefore, do not worry. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let tomorrow be worried about itself. Tomorrow, be worried about yourself. That's, what you, that's how you do it. I'll not worry about you. I'll not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, be worried with yourself. That's how our attitude ought to be. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How do we bring this home practically? Well, now we know that Jesus talks about, no, do not worry. Don't worry, okay? Is it just a mantra or is it something that we just memorize okay do not worry do not worry or you know do not worry don't be anxious when you wake up do not be anxious no something we need to do Philippians chapter 4 do not be anxious Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 7 do not be anxious about anything does career fall under the anything does relationship fall under anything what about your children is that included in anything your wife your health, anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. 
And the peace of God, we talked about this when we started this sermon. And the peace of God, it came up again, which surpasses all understanding. You can't explain it. Theologically, there's an explanation there, but you know, if you don't know how it is theologically, you experience it, it will surpass all understanding. May it guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. First thing we do is to transfer our devotion back to God. How do we be free from worry or anxiety? Where's your devotion? If your devotion used to be in stuff, you transfer your heart back into the hands of God. Secondly, we pray as simple as that. Pray and ask the Lord. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to spend time with you. Bible says, come and let us reason together. He wants us to come before Him boldly, with confidence upon His throne of grace. And lastly, be thankful for everything that we have. Instead of worrying and complaining, be grateful. You have a lot more than other people around you. That's the reality. The moment you start comparing yourself with other person who has more than you, then that's a problem. But yet I believe godliness with contentment is great gain. God has blessed us so much, so much more than we need that we can actually even be a blessing to others. So instead of complaining, be grateful. Instead of worrying, pray. Instead of worrying or being anxious, I will transfer my devotion back to God. A final point is this. A heart that is fully devoted to God knows no worries. Let's just transfer our worries, our devotion back to God and say, God, you will take care of things. You are the ruler of my life. You are my heavenly Father. Transfer your devotion to God and ask this question again. Whose child are you? We have a good heavenly Father who will take care of our needs. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand this afternoon? Let's just bow our heads right now as we come to close. So all heads are bowed down, every eye closed. Maybe some of us are here and we have actually been guilty of worry and anxiety. Worry is sin. Worry is more than an emotion. It's not just an emotion. It's a sin. It's lack of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible for us to come before the presence of God with worries in our hearts. And if you have gone through bouts of worries and anxiety with whatever, it may be your career, it may be your health, it may be your relationship, your finances, your future, let's just come before the Lord right now. As every uh, you know, head is bowed down, every eye closed, if you have this heaviness and this burden in your heart, feeling worried, just lift up your hand to the Lord and then put it down quickly. Just lift it up as an acknowledgement. Lord, I am that person and I want to just ask for your situation. I, have, I want to ask for your supplication and then put it down. Just lift it up to the Lord and then put it down. This is just between you and God. Nobody's looking around to look at you. But this is just basically you acknowledging your need and dependency on God. It's a step forward. Knowing that you can't control your life by your own. You can't add even a single hour to your life. But God is the one who is in charge. Father, we come before you and repent. And we ask that you will forgive us for not trusting in you. 
Forgive us, Lord, for putting our devotion in the wrong things. Forgive us, God, for not looking at you as our Heavenly Father who really cares for us. But Lord, we have in hot pursuit of things around us. Lord, I pray God that you would align our hearts today. In fact, I want everybody to just lay your hands on your heart. Lord, align our heart today and make our devotion right. We transfer our devotion back to you. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are the one who is worthy of all our faith, our trust, because you are the one who created us. You know us from the inside out. And so, Lord, I pray that you free your people even right now from burdens and anxieties and worry in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will give us a fresh new perspective of who you are as a loving Father, a Heavenly Father who cares more than we care for ourselves. If you did not withhold your son Jesus to die on that cross, how much more will you not richly provide for us all things? And so God, I thank you that once again we can put our trust in you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Though we humble ourselves, not just today, but every single day we come before you. Help us to just pick up that stick one day at a time. That Pick up the stick that, for that day, drop that at the end of the day, and pick the new stick the next day. We've been so concerned about our earthly life and the life that is here, that is temporary, but yet we have not even thought about eternal life. And today you can be sure of your eternal destination. And I'd like for us to just examine our hearts. Maybe some of you are here and this is your first time to join us and you have not been introduced to who this Prince of Peace is, who is this this Heavenly Father. You don't have a personal relationship with God. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer. In fact, I want to invite everybody to pray it out loud. But if that is especially you, I want you to mean this with all your heart. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, let's say it out loud. Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. And I thank you that out of your love, you've sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, to go to that cross and die and pay the penalty for my sins. Thank you, Lord, for what an amazing love that was demonstrated on that cross. And I put my faith on the finished work of Christ. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and I believe that He was raised from the dead. Thank you, Father, for giving me eternal life. And from this day on, I am now a child of God and I can call you my Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's continue to bow our heads right now and close our eyes. If that is you, with nobody looking around, and you prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd like for you to lift up your hand. This is between you and God and say, God, thank you for this new life, this brand new beginning that you've given to me. Anyone at all, if this is your first time to pray that prayer, don't be embarrassed. I'm the only one looking at you right now. I want you to lift up your hand and say, just as an acknowledgement, I want to know who prayed that prayer for the first time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Let's all lift up our hands to the Lord. As sons and daughters of this great God, Father, we thank you that we can live in victory every single day. That there is no worry 
because you will take care of all our needs. Once again, we turn back and we place our devotion back to you. And we ask that you would continue to assure your people, God, that you will take care of everything that we have because you are such a loving and a benevolent and amazing God. Bless your people as we leave this place. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn His face toward you and grant you peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of our Heavenly Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen.